Book 7, Chapter 2 of A Class Book of Old Testament History. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by J.L. A Class Book of Old Testament History by George Frederick MacLear. Book 7, Chapter 2 Micah and the Danites, The Tribal War. Judges 17 through 21. B.C. circa 1406. There was living, about twenty years after the death of Joshua and Mount Ephraim in central Palestine, a man named Micah, whose mother one day lost eleven hundred shekels of silver. So terrible was the curse she imprecated on the thief, that her son, in alarm, confessed that he had abstracted the money. Instead of reproaching him, his mother thereupon informed him that she had dedicated this sum, probably the savings of a lifetime, to the Lord, to make a graven and a molten image. Upon this, Micah restored the money to his mother, who sent two hundred shekels to a founder for the purpose of fashioning the idol. When made, it was set up in Micah's house, and he consecrated one of his sons as priest, and arrayed him in a sacred vestment, probably made in imitation of the ephod of the high priest. Not satisfied, however, with the ministrations of his son, on the arrival of a young Levite of Bethlehem in Judea, traveling, probably, in search of employment as a teacher of the law, he persuaded him also to become his priest, and agreed to give him ten shekels of silver a year, suitable sacerdotal vestments, and his living. On these terms the Levite was content to dwell with him, became his priest, and was unto him as one of his sons. Soon after this, it happened that the tribe of Dan, being still hard-pressed by the Amorites and desirous of an addition to their territory, sent five spies from two towns in the low country to discover a new and advantageous settlement. The spies set out, and on their way came to Mount Ephraim, where they obtained a lodging in the house of Micah. Recognizing the voice of the young Levite, they inquired the cause of his presence there, and, on ascertaining the position he held, begged him to ask counsel of Jehovah as to the success of their expedition. The Levite did so, and the answer was propitious. Thereupon the spies resumed their journey, and, tracking the Jordan to its source beyond the waters of Merom, came to an eminence on which rose the town of Laish, Tel al-Qadi, a colony from Sidon, whose inhabitants, separated from their mother city by the huge mass of Lebanon and half of anti-Lebanon, dwelt quiet and secure, Judges 18, verse 7, in the enjoyment of the warm climate and exquisite scenery, and tilling the fertile soil irrigated by many streams. The spies marked the spot, and on their return bade their brethren arise and take possession of a place where there was no want of anything that is in the earth. Judges 18.10. Upon this, six hundred Danites from Zora and Eshtael girded on their weapons of war, and went up and encamped at a spot behind Kirjath-Jerim, which, though it belonged to Judah, they named Mahanadan, or the Camp of Dan. Thence they ascended into the mountain range of Ephraim, and, like the spies before them, drew near the house of Micah. Informed that here there was an ephod and a teraphim, a graven image and a molten image, the six hundred warriors took their stand by the gateway leading into the court, and engaged the Levite in conversation, while the spies ascended into the sanctuary and stole away the images, with the sacerdotal vestments. On reappearing, the Levite tried to expostulate, but was speedily bidden to hold his peace, 
and without much difficulty suffered himself to be persuaded that it would be better to accompany them, and, instead of being a priest unto one man, to become a priest unto a tribe and a family in Israel. Judges 18.19 With such secrecy was their departure effected, that the Danites had got a good way from the house of Micah before the latter became aware of the grievous wrong he had sustained. Gathering together the inhabitants of the houses, which had gradually clustered round his idolatrous sanctuary, he pursued after the roving warriors. But it was in vain that he gave vent to his grief and rage. The spoilers only mocked him, and bade him take care he did not lose his life as well as his gods. Consequently, he was fain to return to his rifled sanctuary, while the six hundred held on their way northward. Reaching the source of the Jordan far up in the northern mountains, they found the town of Laish just as the spies had described it. Far from its mother city, the careless colony had no deliverer in its hour of peril. Without warning, the spoilers burst upon it, scaled its walls, set it on fire, and massacred its inhabitants, men, women, and children, without mercy. They afterwards rebuilt it, called it Dan after the name of Dan their father, and there set up the images they had taken from Micah. There, too, the young Levite, who, it seems, was no unimportant personage, but no other than Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of the great lawgiver Moses, ministered at this new sanctuary, and his descendants remained till the captivity. Judges 18, verses 14 through 31. If any proof were wanting of the association of religious with moral declension at this period, it is supplied by the biography of another Levite, which is also given in these concluding chapters of the Book of Judges. This Levite, who, like the other, dwelt on the edge of Mount Ephraim, took him a concubine out of Bethlehem Judah, who proved faithless and returned to her father's house. On this, her husband went in quest of her, and was received by her father with true eastern hospitality. As the fifth day declined after his arrival, resisting the importunities of his father-in-law, who would have had him stay longer, he rose up to return, and, as night fell, drew near the town of Jebus, which still remained in the hands of its Canaanite inhabitants. Rejecting the advice of his servant to lodge there during the night, he pressed on, and it was already dark when he reached Gibeah and Benjamin. As he was sitting in the streets of the town, awaiting an offer of shelter, an old man approached, coming from his work in the fields. His home, too, was in Mount Ephraim, but he was sojourning at Gibeah, and, taking compassion on the homeless condition of the Levite, he brought him into his house and gave him a lodging for the night. As they sat at meat, certain of the lowest inhabitants of the place sat upon the house and treated the Levite's concubine with such violence that, in the morning when he arose, he found her lying dead before the door. Enraged at this savage act, he took her home, and there with his knife divided her, together with her bones, into twelve pieces, and sent them among the twelve tribes. This ferocious summons to vengeance roused all Israel as one man. Judges 20 verse 1. Even the tribes beyond the Jordan assembled with the rest of their brethren, and four hundred thousand warriors met at Mizpah and Benjamin, a fortified eminence a little to the north of Jebus, and listened to the Levite while he recounted the dark tale of outrage. Judges 20 verses 2 through 6. The recital excited still greater indignation, and all the people, knit together as one man, bound themselves by a solemn vow never to return to their homes till they had taken deep vengeance on the inhabitants of Gibeah for the disgrace they had brought upon Israel. Messengers were accordingly sent through the territory of Benjamin demanding their surrender. 
This the Benjamites absolutely refused, and, making the cause of Gibeah their own, prepared to encounter the men of Israel with all their forces, amounting to 26,000, together with the 700 warriors of Gibeah, chosen men, left-handed, each one of whom could sling stones at a hairbreadth and not miss. Judges 20, verse 16. In this juncture, instead of consulting the divine will whether they should embark in this war at all, the indignant tribes, having already decided on the campaign, only sought to know who should take the lead. Judah was the tribe indicated by the divine response, and in the engagement that ensued, the Israelites were defeated with a loss of upwards of 22,000 men. On the day following, they renewed the attack, but only to sustain a second reverse and a loss of 18,000 of their best troops. In the greatest distress at this double defeat, the eleven tribes assembled at Bethel, fasted the whole day until the evening, and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Then Phineas, who had led the sacred war against the Midianites, inquired whether a third engagement should be hazarded, and in reply was bidden to go up, for this time the Lord would deliver Benjamin into their hand. Judges 20 verse 28. Thereupon, it was resolved to repeat the tactics so successful at Ai. An ambuscade was planted behind Gibeah, and on the descent of the Benjamites, a flight was feigned to draw them from the town toward a spot, where the road divided into two paths, the one leading to Bethel, the other to Gibeah in the field, probably the modern Jaba. Unconscious of their danger, the Benjamites suffered themselves to be decoyed from the town and slew about thirty of their foes. Meanwhile, the ambuscade arose and, bursting on the defenseless town, put the inhabitants to the sword. A great pillar of flame and smoke signaled to the rest of the army the success of the stratagem, and the Benjamites, at last awakened to their danger, fled eastward to the desert region bordering on the Jordan Valley. But their foes now turned, and, enclosing them round about, Judges 20, verse 43, trod them down and slew 25,000. From this indiscriminate massacre, only 600 of the Benjamites effected their escape to the cliff of Rimmon, an inaccessible natural fortress situated about seven miles northeast of Gibeah and overhanging the wild region bordering on the Jordan. Here they entrenched themselves for a space of four months, while the eleven tribes, not content with firing and ravaging every town in the territory of Benjamin, bound themselves by a vow to abstain from all intermarriage with them. Regret, however, for the almost entire extinction of a tribe in Israel subsequently softened their hearts, and by a curious stratagem characteristic of this troubled period, when there was no king in Israel and every man did that which was right in his own eyes, Judges 21 verse 25, they inquired whether any city had failed to take part in the late tribal war. Thereupon it was discovered that Jabesh Gilead, a city on the east of the Jordan, had sent no forces to aid their brethren. Thither, therefore, twelve thousand men were dispatched, with instructions utterly to destroy the recreant city and massacre every man and married woman. This ruthless order was executed to the letter, and the entire population was put to the sword, save four hundred virgins, who were given in marriage to the remnant of Benjamin. These not sufficing for wives, the Benjamites took advantage of a yearly festival at the sanctuary of Shiloh, when the daughters of the place assembled to take part in the sacred dances, and, concealing themselves in the neighboring vineyards, burst forth upon the unsuspecting maidens and carried off each one a wife for himself, with whom they returned, repaired their towns, and dwelt in them. Judges 21, verses 23-25. through 25. End of Book 7, Chapter 2